Hey, it's Pastor Nick from Grace River Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope you find today's message encouraging and transformative in your life. We'd love for you to join us online each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. by visiting graceriverva.com slash live. Now, enjoy the message. has undoubtedly been a year that no one had expected. Who would have thought that the challenges of this year would literally impact every generation? COVID-19 caused all of us to shut down every business, institutions, even our schools. It brought our healthcare system to a standstill, leaving governments, nations, even the world groping for the answer. It also reminded us of the deep wounds, the sin, and in the incredible division that still exists in our nation and its people. In the midst of all of this, there is still good news. During this Advent season, I want us to look at four common life experiences that test our patience and threaten to take away the joy that really comes with the gospel. We need to be reminded that even though everything around us has been canceled, from indoor gatherings, sporting events, schools, universities. The good news is that Christmas isn't canceled. Christmas reminds us that God is at work even during COVID-19 or any struggle of life that you are facing. And despite these circumstances, Christmas is, and it will never be canceled. Praise the Lord. So let me ask you a question. Over the last several weeks, we've talked about, yes, Christmas isn't canceled, but we've talked about the fact that we have hope. We've talked about the fact that we're living in this in-between time. Jesus has come the first time. He's coming again. So how do we live in this in-between time? But, But today I want to talk about obeying God in the unexpected. Let me ask you this way. How many of you, when you started 2020, expected any of this? Okay, now I know that's a pretty lame question now that we're in December. You probably only heard that question, um, what, 30 times, maybe in the last three months. But the reason I'm asking it again is not so much, we can easily point at the pandemic. We can point at we never expected to be isolated. We can point at we never expected our jobs to be overwhelmingly impacted. We can, we can point at unemployment. We can point at relationships. We can, point at, we can point at all those things that we didn't expect. But let me ask you a question. What has God reminded of you? What has God reminded you of that you didn't expect? What has God been speaking to you that you didn't expect? Uh, you'll be hearing a lot of this, too, in, coming into 2021. Because, see, I believe that God has slowed us down a little bit so he can speak to us in a different way. I believe God's had to isolate some of you so you can say, what's going on? And God's like, I'm trying to tell you. I believe that maybe even to the church, not just to us as individuals, we have to think more as the body of believers. As a church, God is trying to slow things down to to even ask questions like, why are you gathering on Sunday?" Why do you get together, by the way? 
Uh, what happens after you've gathered? Um, what happens as a church? What, what does a church really look like in your community? Would the community miss you if you were gone? You know, we, we all hope for the rapture of the church, so to speak. But let me ask you a question. If the Lord took us tomorrow, would anybody miss us? Okay. So my question again is, what has God reminded you of that you didn't expect? Because just for a few minutes this morning, I want to talk about a very familiar uh, character in the Christmas story. And this character is talked about just about every Christmas. You can't talk about the Christmas story without talking about Joseph. But if you turn in your Bibles or if we have uh, the Scriptures, um, I want to look at Matthew chapter 1, very familiar passage to us. But do me a favor, try not to get ahead of me. I know that most of you in this room, it would be rare for you not to know the Christmas story or have heard some version of the Christmas story and not already be um, ahead of me with where you think I'm going. But I'm probably not going where you think I'm going. Let's just start reading, because the first thing, I've just got three simple points out of this passage that I want to talk about this morning. And, and the, first, the first is simply this. We have to obey in obeying God's unexpected message. How do you obey God in the unexpected? Well, you have to be obeying God's unexpected message. So what is that? Let's look at Matthew chapter 1. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. And then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting her to be a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Now, that's only two verses. But can I tell you that a lot happened between verse 18 and verse 19? I mean, think about this for a second. Joseph is betrothed to Mary. They're engaged. Betrothed means a, a contractual agreement, an engagement. They're committed to each other. And the message that Joseph receives from Mary is, I know we're engaged, but I'm expecting. Now, we've all heard aspects of that preached before, right? I mean, who wants news like that? Okay. Now, we live in a world of brokenness. I'm sure there's been such situations that we've all had to face at times. But think about that for a second. Here's Joseph. We'll see in just a moment he's a just man. He's a good man. Matthew chapter 1 tells us of the lineage that he comes out of, and it gives us 42 generations. And there's really more than that, but they, they specifically use this in Matthew to show that Joseph's lineage really does have traction, going back to David, all the way to Abraham. Luke uses a genealogy that many believe speaks of Mary that goes all the way back to Adam. In other words, Mary and Joseph are the real deal in regards to their lineage. So, so he's a good man. They've got the right roots, and then she blows it. After their engagement, she says, I don't know how it happened, but I'm expecting. Now, we're not going to talk a lot about Mary this morning, because if you read the, the visitation to Mary from the angel, he tells her that it's a work of the Holy Spirit. So now, why is that important? I want you to picture yourself, a man here that gets an unexpected message, and he's got to decide what he's going to do about it. 
Don't you wish that as soon as something unexpected came into your life, an angel would visit you the next night? I mean, wouldn't it be nice if, if your life sort of fell apart or you got some news and you were like, oh my, what am I going to do about this? John, don't, no. That's usually not how it happens. I'm, I w- we wish it would, you know. How many, don't have to raise your hands on this one, but how many of you have at some point in your life said, I'd love to be visited by an angel? We've all prayed that, even though it would scare you to death. Or you've already been visited by angels, and we just usually call them our spouse. Yeah, right, right up until they tell you what you don't want to hear. It's, it's aw, right up until they tell you what, what you don't want to hear, but God's speaking to them, right? Okay, I'll move on quickly. I, I could tell that wasn't sinking in the right way. Joseph experiences this incredible news that's unexpected. Why? Why are things unexpected to us? Because, number one, it's not the way we planned it. That's not the way you plan a family. That's not the way you plan for things to be done. That's not how things work, right? So we we usually are, are unexpecting. We're usually blindsided when things don't happen the way we plan. But, but even, even more than that, it's not how we plan it. It's just, it's just not the way we want to do it. Have you ever noticed that God doesn't always answer your prayers the way you ask? Because really, if we're honest, we ask from a perspective that we just want it the way we think it should happen. Lord, heal my marriage by changing her. Right? And I'm not stuck on marriages today. It just works too well. You know, Lord, touch my relationship. You know, Lord, give me an A in class by touching my teacher. Hello? But how does God usually answer that prayer? I want to change you. Um, I'm going to change things, but it's going to start with you. You want a better relationship? Let's start with you. You want better grades? Let's start with That was a slow you, but it's right. Here's, here's what's happening with Joseph right here. The unexpected happens, and the Jews knew what they wanted to expect. They wanted a Messiah, but they wanted it their way. They wanted a Messiah, but they wanted a kingdom. They wanted a political move. They wanted a king to charge in on a white horse with, with armies behind him taking over Rome. They had their idea of what they had in mind for a Messiah, but but that's not what God did. The world needed a Savior, but God had a plan. But here's what I love about Joseph, because Joseph, it says, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example. What does that mean? You know, a lot of people, a lot of times, when things don't work out the way they plan... Um, they got to have somebody to blame. Somebody's fault. But instead, it says Joseph was a just man. It meant, it meant he was just a good man. He meant well. He, he wanted to do the right thing. He was a righteous man. He wanted to do the right thing. So what did he do? He decided, you know, I'm going to put her away. What does that mean? I'm going to break the engagement. 
It's as simple as that. I'm just going to break the engagement. It's not, not worth keeping. Um, I, I don't want to embarrass her. I don't want to make this a big deal. I don't want to embarrass the families. I certainly don't need this right now in my career move. You know, I'm trying to build a business. I'm trying to build a reputation. I don't need this mess going on. So he decided to break it. Okay? So, so what happens? Well, I wonder for us how many promises of God we've decided to put away. How many times has God spoken to us and it's not happened the way we want and it's not happened on our timeline so we've just said, well, you know what? I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to believe for that anymore. I I know God has promised me, but I'm just not going to believe for that anymore. You know, we quote Romans 8.28. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. We know God's going to work everything out, but we don't believe it when we have to live it out. Because just think about it, and I'm gonna, I just want to lay some of this out there, and I'm going to move through this pretty quickly, but listen. What happens when God says, I want you to be faithful, I want you to be a good man, I want you to be a good woman, I want you to be a follower of Christ, and we, and we know these things, and we study the Word, and we see these things, and we know God's messages to us in these things, but then we experience loss. It's easy to want to just put those things away. I don't believe that anymore. What happens when you go through a divorce? What happens when you are betrayed? What happens when there's an affair? How do you rebound? How, how do you even, God, I'm not doing life like this. I'm just going to put that away. I'm not going to put up with this mess anymore. I'm just going to put that away. Now, this is not judgment. I just want you to picture this for a moment. Because sometimes it's easier for us to put things away and just start down a road that we think will be better rather than move down the road of obedience to a message even when it's unexpected. What does that look like? Well, years ago, Diane and I were talking about this this morning. Years ago, there was a young couple that we knew, separated, um, definitely moving toward a divorce. There had been some very difficult things that had happened in their marriage, and, and most marriages would have been divorced, boom, long gone. But, but something was happening, and even though they were separated by many miles, they they were starting a conversation about what life would look like if they got back together. And quite honestly, even in conversation, they couldn't make things work. But the young lady was riding in her car one day and just praying, you know, what do I do? Because I know if I go back, it's not going to, you know. She, she had Joseph's story all in her mind, I suppose, because this doesn't look right. This wouldn't be right. This has happened. This has happened. This has happened. This has happened. Can I get a witness? There's just too much baggage, and I don't feel like unloading that car anymore. I don't feel like traveling that road anymore. But here's what God said to her. You know too much to not go back. See, what happens when you know, even when it's unexpected, like honestly, like right now, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about things in your life, that you know what the Word of God says, but it's, it's been easier to put them away rather than live them out. What, what Joseph is showing here 
is that even though he was a just man, obeying God's unexpected message, sometimes the message will blindside you. But what does it need to lead to? Obeying God's unexpected messenger. What does that look like? Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 and 23. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Can I just stop there for a moment and say this? That's really the bottom line for most of us. We're afraid. Fear. Fear will paralyze you. Fear will cause you to say, you know what? We, we say, I'm just moving forward in a different direction. No, fear just means you're going to stand still and not move, period. Because you think you're moving in the right direction, you're just moving more wrong in the wrong direction. Make sense? And he says, don't be afraid to take you, Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry, I just need to leave this alone, don't I? Nick was trying to cut me up, and I kept moving. He said, but while, take your wife, and what is in her is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. In other words, what God is doing, did I totally cut myself off? Bum, 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 bum. Technical difficulties, is that what? Yeah. This is what technical difficulties look like when you're watching online. I'm sorry. So what happens? It says, he will, she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now, listen to what's happening there. Joseph, in the midst of all this unexpected stuff that's happening in your life, it's a work of the Holy Spirit. All this stuff that, that has caused so much pain, it's a work of the Holy Spirit. All this stuff that you don't understand. But pastor, we thought God wanted us to, you know, have victory. Yeah, but you know how you have victory? You fight. You spend time in the Word. You spend time on your knees. You learn what battle is really all about, and it's not flesh and blood. And, it, and there's a lot of stuff that you go through that, that you will feel suffering. You will feel pain. You won't feel good all the time. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot that I go through that, that I want to say, man, if I finally reach this level in Jesus, my angel wings will explode. And I'll have no more, no more temptation, no more, no more. You know what that's called? That's called heaven. And you get to go to heaven when you die. <laughs> Amen. Some of you are praying for other people to get their angel's wings right now, aren't you? But here's what he says. He says, listen, she will bring forth the son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now, there's a couple of things that are happening there very quickly. What does it mean to obey the messenger? Again, all of us would like for an angel to show up and tell us. You know, and I'm not trying to be silly when I say this, but Revelations refers to the local pastors as the angel. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> 
In other words, you have preachers talking to you all the time. You have people doing Bible studies all the time. I know some of you in here lead Bible studies. Even during the pandemic, you've been doing online stuff all the time. Your people are constantly getting a message. Why? Because what is the message? The Word of God. This is the messenger you have. This is the message, and this is the messenger. And, and honestly, sometimes I think that if, we don't, if we're not careful, we just think that, well, we, we, can, we can listen to it and we can think about it, but if we don't respond to it, it's okay. No, no, no. This is the roadmap, guys. This is what God wants you to be a part of. This is what God wants you to do. And so he says, don't be afraid. It's a work of the Holy Spirit, even when you don't understand it. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. Even when you can't comprehend what's going on, even when it's painful, even when it's lost. Well, Pastor, are, are you saying that all the tragedies that are going on in the world, that God's causing them? No, but God's at work in the middle of them. God can still be at work in the middle of those circumstances, in the middle of that marriage that's falling apart. It, somebody in that marriage may never want it to work. It doesn't mean God still can't do a work in you. Listen, it doesn't mean that everything's going to be perfect in our lives. It means that he who began a good work will complete it in your life. He says that this is what's going to happen. In the midst of everything that doesn't make sense to you, the Holy Spirit's at work. The Holy Spirit is doing something. And you just need to keep walking this out even when it doesn't make sense, even when things aren't really working out the way you thought they should work out. Because you're going to have a son, and his name shall be Jesus. You will call him Jesus. He says this is going to happen so that the word will be fulfilled. Now, this is important. Not only did Jesus come to save us from our sins, Jesus came because God says he's going to come. And not only did Jesus come to fulfill the prophecy because God said it, what he was saying is, everything I've said, I'm going to prove it. So if I said it, you can believe it. Have you ever heard the, the old-time preachers? Here's how they would say it. Ready? God said it, and I believe it. That settles it. You know? Now, I know that's not theologically deep, but that's sort of true. True, theology doesn't have to be deep to be true. Uh, God said it. By faith, I believe it. And that settles it. So, so what are you going to do? I'm going to live by faith, obeying this word. I, is it easy? Well, no. Are, are there difficult times? Absolutely. Are, are you perfect? No. But I'm not a sinner saved by my strength. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm not saved because I get this right. I'm, a, I'm saved because as I follow this, I'm already clothed in his righteousness. So what does it mean to follow this? I've got to, listen, I say this all the time, and, and we put ourselves on guilt trips. Because when I say we need to get into the word, yes, I mean we need to get into the word. We need to be studying the word, reading the word, uh, putting the word, applying the word to our lives. How do we do that? Just constantly, every day, be checking yourself. Am I living according to what God wants me to do? So what did that mean for Joseph? It meant he had to get up, and we're going to see this in a moment, he had to just get up and obey the messenger. Just get up and obey what the Lord said. Uh, Joe Frislowski, we had him visiting with us last week over uh, Mercy Drop Stream Center, and Ulyssa and 
Bob and several of our people here at the church are working with him, and it's just a powerful ministry. And one part of his testimony that he did not share, he had gotten to a point in his life where he's like, okay, God, I'm ready. I'm sold out to you. What, what's the plan? And God said, Joe, I'll tell you in the morning. I just want you to get up and do what I say that day. And he was like, okay, see you in the morning. Now, see, for some of you, that's okay. But for most of us, it's like, no, 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 Lord. I have to have, I have to have the one, two, three. I have to have, it needs to make sense. I need to be able to step out in faith, but I want to step out in faith knowing where the road is. Okay? Um, but Joe said he would get up every morning, and God would just say, um, just start walking down the street. And he would be like, come on, really, Lord, seriously? He said, start walking. And he would just start walking down the street, and literally he would eventually come to a little lady trying to cross the street, or somebody would be broke down on the side of the road, and God said, that's it, go for it. And little by little, he just started helping people, and that's how what God birthed in him that eventually led him to going to California and getting trained at the Dream Center there and coming back and doing what he's doing now. Why? Because he simply heard the messenger, the word of God, and, and when it said go, he just, he just went. See, some of us make it pretty difficult. We want to understand God's plan from beginning to end. The writer of Hebrews says, I'm paraphrasing, don't worry about the plans, just keep your eyes on Jesus the author and the finisher of your faith. Don't worry about step four, just follow Jesus. Now, I know to all of our business leaders, I apologize, this does not sound strategic. But, but and listen, I'm all about strategy. God does give us a strategy. And thank God for business leaders who listen to God enough that they have walked out of strategy. So I'm not talking about silly faith here. I'm not talking about not knowing the Word of God. I'm talking about being in the Word of God so much that when he says, I want you to step, we're willing. The willingness is there to go. It was fulfilled. Jesus came. Emmanuel, God with us. I, I, I've got a few minutes, and I, I just want to touch on this before I go on to point three. What does it mean when we say that God is with us, even in the midst of of situations that we didn't plan in the midst of situations that we did not expect those unexpected extreme painful times because without wearing joseph out this morning i can't even imagine what a lot of his life was during this period but i as i was studying for this message my mind kept going back to to moses moses was in egypt had life in the palace, sort of knew about his beginnings, but just knew he was blessed. But then he killed a man. And now he's living on the run in the wilderness and ends up working for his father-in-law. Now listen, there's nothing wrong with working for your father-in-law unless you've been living in the palace for a long time. So, so when I say Moses was humbled in a big way, he was learning how to live humbly. He was living in brokenness, living on the run. But then one day while he's tending sheep, 
He looks over and there's a burning bush and it calls him to come. And as he comes over, God is in the bush, in the burning bush, and he says, take off your shoes for the place you are standing is holy. Now here's what, here's what resonated with me when I thought about that this week. That no matter what mess you're going through, God can make it a holy place. No matter what stuff you're walking through, no matter what wilderness you're in, if God's called you and nothing seems to be working out, don't worry. The Holy Spirit's at work behind the scenes, and you just need to start looking for places where God is moving because even in the middle of disaster, even in the middle of 2020, that some people, I see titles saying the worst year ever. Really? I know some have experienced loss. I know some have experienced very difficult times. I'm not, I'm not trying to be insensitive to that. I'm telling you, you need to start understanding that even though things have been unexpected, there's a holy God at the work in the middle of it. And he tells Moses, take your shoes off because the place you're standing, you think it's a wilderness. You think you're living on the run. You think your life's gone to the tank. You think life's not even worth living anymore. You're working for your father-in-law. Take off your shoes. This place is holy. What does taking off your shoes mean? It can mean a lot of things, but I, I think in this situation that I'm talking about this morning, take off your past, man. Take off where you've been because where you're going is holy. Take off the stuff that, that you've been walking in. Take off the past and lay it down because where I'm taking you is holy. There's going to be a different walk in your life. There's going to be different circumstances that you're going to face. But now you're going to walk in power, not your past. I want you to understand that I'm, I'm in the midst of wherever you are right now. I'm in the midst of your brokenness. I'm in the midst of your pain. But I need you to take off what you think your problem is and step into some holy ground. That's what Joseph did in a life that he did not understand, in circumstances that he was absolutely walking by faith, that anyone that maybe knew the story from the outside would have ridiculed and said, man, you've lost your mind. He knew he was obeying God. Because the third thing that we have to do in this process is obeying God's unexpected journey. There's an unexpected message there's an unexpected messenger, but then there's an unexpected journey. What does this mean? Well, we know that the message is what God gives us through the messenger, his, his word. But once you've embraced this, it's going to take you on a journey. Now, I want you just to read this with me. I've got several passages I want to read real quick, and then we'll close. Matthew 1, chapter 1, verses 24 and 25. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Now this is, he talks about what he did in the present and then it tells you what he did when Jesus was born. He obeyed in the present but then as he lived through that whole process, he took her to be his wife no matter what it looked like to the world. Man, you are crazy. Nope. This is holy ground. 
There's a holy thing going on here. You just can't see it right now. But when you see it, his name will be Jesus. Because the Bible said that when Jesus was born, he called his name Jesus. Listen to what Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 and 15 says. Now when they had departed, now here's what's happened since chapter 1. Ready? The shepherds come. Now the wise men have come. I mean, there's been a lot of activity that you usually see in a nice Christmas play. But now the wise men leave, and, and now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt. Stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And he arose and took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. And was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Again, God's, God's going to fulfill his word, guys. If God's promised you something, and I'm not talking about you know, us prospering and having overwhelming bank accounts. If you have a bank account that God's blessing, it's not because you deserve money. He's wanting you to do something with it. Matthew 2, 19 says this, Now when Herod was dead, he'll even allow people to get out of the way. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to move forward on that one. When Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he took the child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea, Instead of Father Herod, instead of his Father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside in the region of Galilee, and he came, dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, he shall be called a Nazarene. Now, <clears throat> I'm closing. Ready? How do things get fulfilled? You be obedient. How does God fulfill his word in your life? You hold on to it and you, be, you obediently follow it out. Here's what I want us to see about Joseph in these last few passages. What did he do every time he had a dream and heard a word from God? He got up and did it. He just did it. No, nowhere in here, and listen, except for the story we hear about when Jesus was 12 years old and they went and he was in the temple and then mom and dad were going back and they lost their son. Remember that? parent nightmare that's the last time you hear about joseph many scholars believe that joseph passed before jesus reached his adult ministry because you never hear about him anymore because even at the crucifixion jesus is is focused on taking care of his mother not worrying about dad anymore da joseph's out of the picture what joseph shows us as is that through thick and thin when you hear the voice of god and we have the voice of God through his written word right here. When God speaks, here's the only thing you have to do. Obey. How does God, I want, I want God to fulfill his, his word in my life. Here it is. Obey it. This isn't about legalism. It's not about, well, here's the rule book. That's, that's what we've made this, a list of rules. It's not a list of rules. It's a relationship. Listen, we, we know the rules of marriage, but any couples in here never have a ever have a disagreement? Any honest couples in here, do you ever have a, a disagreement? 
I see two hands, and the rest of them are looking at their spouse like, can I raise my hand? Or am I allowed to raise my hand on this one? Here's the bottom line. You can be in a relationship and have disagreements, right? You can be in a relationship and mess up. You can be in a relationship and not get it right. But here's the beauty about this relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago. It's not us that holds this relationship together. It's him. He's not called us to be perfect. He's called us to be faithful. What does faithful mean? It means when I mess up, I fess up and keep moving forward. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we sit and we beat ourselves up sometimes. You know, if you're sitting here today, and I've got a couple of questions I wanted to close with this morning. How has God tried to reach out to you in, in unexpected ways? Now, we've already received the Messiah. So chances are he's not calling you to be the one that brings the Messiah to, to earth. But I wonder what it would look like if he calls you to bring the Messiah to a neighbor. I wonder what it looks like if he calls you. I, I, I'm not calling you. What, what is God saying to you about your neighbor, about that person at work, about that family member? That it would be easy to say, I put that away, I'm tired of their mess. I'm tired of it. I've, I've unpacked that last time. But what if God says, you don't understand, I'm in the midst of that. Take off your attitude. You're on holy ground. Take off your history. Take off your agenda. Take off your shoes. This is holy ground. I'm trying to do something here, and it's not about you. Um, see, that the angel said that nicely to Joseph and to Mary in a much nicer way than that, didn't he? In a loving way, he said, listen, this isn't about you. This is about a Messiah. But here's how he said it. Don't be afraid. Whether, and I'll just use that analogy, whether it's reaching out to a neighbor or a friend at work, we're so afraid to just let those words leave our lips. How are you doing today? Because you know they're going to tell you. And listen, I, I, I'll be the first to admit, there's some people that you know if you ask them, there goes 45 minutes of your life. Right? You know as soon as you ask them, your life is just, you're, and you're even sitting there thinking sometimes, God, please. <laughs> Lord, if you'll deliver me from this, I, I promise I'll serve you forever. I'll be a missionary if you'll get me out of here. Right? But, but what would it look like if you just said, wow, maybe God's put me here for 45 minutes because now they're ready to really hear what the real answer is. Because I've been living it out. It looks a lot of different ways, doesn't it? What, what that looks like, I, I, I don't know, but what I do know is Joseph shows us that every time God spoke, he just did. And I love it, because even in the last passage there, he was obeying God, and there was a change. There was a quick, wait, this, this even feels weirder. Okay, we'll go here. <laughs> I don't know if that strikes you like it does me, but I love it, because you can be following God, and if you're listening closely enough, he can even say, no, you know what, go to Nazareth. Listen, 
this last summer, this last summer, um, and I've shared this before, because we really need to be expecting that God's moving in the unexpected. If we go into 2021 thinking that we can do the same things the same ways and people's lives are going to be changed, it wasn't what we were doing anyway. It's what God is doing. And so even this last summer, we were preparing some things and had been recording a lot until we started live again. And I was thinking, okay, God, you know, please just give me a good series. I want a series that carries us through the summer, that gets, keeps people motivated through this pandemic. You know, Lord, what is a series? Because I, I like living in series because, number one, it keeps us attached to a theme. And it's not like, what did he preach last week? I'm not really sure, but now you just know Christmas isn't canceled. Catch up. Um, but here's what the Lord said to me. I'll talk to you in the morning. And I said, but Lord, I need a, I don't know if you heard me or not, but I, I need a series. And I'm talking about, Lord, you know those things that we've done in the past where you like, there's a thread and you, he said, no, John, I, I need you to hear me this time. I, I want you to hear me every day. I want you to hear me. Because it might be I say something to you on Tuesday and Wednesday, but then by Friday it starts to make sense. But then I might even drop something into your spirit Saturday morning. I just want to make sure you're listening to me like you need to be listening to me. That way we're just not getting through series. See, even I um, have seen some things in my own life when you have to get isolated with God. You know, sometimes if preachers aren't careful, they think that when they get isolated with God, the glory of God just shines brighter. And my wife was the only one that laughed at that. Here's what happens. You get isolated and God begins to show you, listen, now that I've got you quiet for a moment, I need you to listen to me more. I need you to know my voice so clearly. That the next time there's a storm, you're not even looking around. You're just listening. That the next time there's trouble, you're not, you're not in panic mode. You're in listen mode. That the next time you're, you feel battled by fear or hurt or pain or struggle, and you've all felt it, it's not that we get into our little pity parties or we get into our little situations where we just have dug ourselves so deep people don't know where we are. It's we can hear his small voice. And it's amazing how you have things to say when you're listening to God. It's amazing how people's lives can be touched when you just decide, you know what? I'm not going through the motions anymore. I'm not trying to just put things away. I want to know what God is doing even in the unexpected. Let's stand. What is God saying to you? What has he been saying to you? What are, what are the things that have blindsided you? We can point out a myriad of things that are obvious. We opened the service talking about it. Pandemic, jobs, job loss. But, but how maybe in the midst of all that is God saying, I need your attention. Here's what I'm really trying to birth in you. It's not about legalism. It's not about, I need, I need you to start following the rules, buddy. No. It's about, I want a relationship with you that when I speak, what you hear is don't be afraid. Here's what I want you to do. And you do it.
And day by day and week by week, you look back. Because here's what's going to happen. Listen, in about five years, which sounds like an eternity to some of us, but I was born in 1962. That was the last century, by the way. I was born in 1962. Now, when you think of 1962, do you go back and think of all the things that happened in 1962? No. You think about two numbers, 62, when you're filling out a chart. You know, date of birth, 11, 27, 62. It's, it's two little digits. In about 10 years, 2020 is going to be two little digits. There's going to be a lot of things we think about it. We're going to, we're, oh, that was a job. I, I, that was a year I lost my, uh, that one place that I worked. You won't even, you won't even remember where you worked. That was a year that I, um, that one thing that um, a lot of people were sick. What did they call that? Now, listen, I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to alleviate and make light of anything. What I'm saying is what I do want people to remember from 2020 is what God was doing in their lives that they'll be able to point at and say, you know, a lot of stuff was going on, but I remember that's where God spoke to me about this. Because nine months later, this happened. See, that's what Joseph could say. You know, I don't remember a lot of the trip because I know she was on the donkey and I was doing a lot of walking. But what I do know is nine months later, there was a baby and we named him Jesus. See, what I, what I do know is when God set, said this to me, I started walking it out. And what I can tell you is at this period of time, this happened. Why? Because he said it. And then this happened. Why? Because he said it. And I was just walking out his word. Am I making any sense? So what is God saying? How will we respond? I just want you to uh, be encouraged. God is here, Emmanuel, God with us. God is in the middle of your mess doing something holy. I promise you. There's devotions on the website. I'm not sure if Pastor Nick's, I don't know if we've printed them out, but I know you can get them on the website. Please download those devotions and just talk about those throughout the week. Talk about aspects of this. What are unexpected things in your life? Why? Because when we leave here, if we're not careful, Sunday's done, and so are we. This is a way of keeping the word alive in your life throughout the week. Because I want you to, to just sort of research, God, what are you saying? What have you been saying to me through 2020? What are the things that I've been pushing away and avoiding and, and, and well, just giving up on? God, what? because I promise you two things, and I'm going to pray. God will show you, and you will hate it. Now, what, why, Pastor, are we closing on that powerful note? Because when God shows you, a lot of times the first thing you'll do is, well, I'm not going to do that. And, and then we're at a whole different message, but the reality is um, you will obey him because the Bible tells us that every knee's going to bow and every tongue's going to confess. And it's, Jesus isn't going to make you do anything right now. But if I want a life in him, if I want to even experience life that has power and joy and happiness, even in the middle of suffering, if Jesus says... 
love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I'm going to love the Lord my God with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I'm going to obey him. I'm going to live it out. I'm going to challenge others to live it out, even if it's not popular. Somebody say amen. amen. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, as we are dismissed from this place, we are not dismissed from your presence. Lord, when we leave here today, we still go back to our homes, our businesses, our lives outside the four walls of this church, but we are still your church. And even though our lives are, are filled with a lot of unexpected stuff and difficulties and circumstances, Lord, help us to realize that where you are is holy. And you're right in the middle of everywhere we go. God, I pray that we turn to you afresh and anew this morning. That we take off the past, that we, we lay down the stuff, we take off the stuff that we've been walking in and understand that you're taking us to a new place in you. And even when the unexpected message comes, we can understand and believe the messenger. And God, we can know that you're taking us on an unexpected journey. But when we obey you, your word is fulfilled. Now, Father, I pray that you bless us, use us. God, speak to us. Holy Spirit, continue to speak to us, I pray, in your precious name. And everyone said, amen. amen. God bless you. This podcast is a member of the Grace River Podcast Network. To listen to more of the podcasts in our network, head over to graceriverva.com slash media. We would love for you to join us in person or online on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for our weekend worship experience. Our campus is located at 5045 Indian River Road in Virginia Beach, Virginia, or you can find us online at graceriverva.com. Grace River exists so that every generation can experience the transforming power of God in every area of their lives.